Good morning. It's great to celebrate with you all this morning, to give thanks for little ones and for family life. And family life is so important uh, to God and to us as a church. Um, I'm a mum myself. I have three grown-up children and uh, a little grandchild, little boy Bertie, who we're very proud of. And so I know some of those joys uh, of being a parent. And I also know some of the responsibilities, uh, the scary parts of being a parent. I don't know if it's ever happened to you. Maybe you're a mum or a dad or an uncle or aunt Or maybe you're a teacher or a childminder or a babysitter and you've been looking after some children and then you discover that one of them has gone missing. (laughs) It's a horrible feeling, isn't it? I know that happened to one of our boys. We were out at a big country park and he disappeared for a few hours. And that was scary and annoying Uh, And, you know, as a parent, all those emotions go through your head when something like that happens. Well, there's a story in the Bible about a mum whose boy goes missing for three days. And I want to tell you that story today. I'm going to do it in a little bit of a different way. And as I tell this story, I'd like you to think in your mind of any questions that it raises. And just... Yeah, listen as I tell that story. Where are those boys? That's all I seem to have been saying and thinking over the last few days. Where are they? My name's Mary, and this is a story that happened a long, long time ago. At that stage, I had three little ones who really kept me busy, And then I had two older boys, James, who was about nine or ten, and then Jesus, who was 12. He was beginning to find his feet and get a bit of independence. And we'd been up in Jerusalem for the Passover. That's one of the biggest festivals for the Jewish nation. And everybody who can goes up to Jerusalem for Passover. We journeyed from Nazareth, and when this story happens, we were on our way home. Now, it takes about four or five days to get home from Jerusalem to Nazareth. So after the first day's walking, we began to get our things ready and pitch our tents for the night. There were a whole load of us traveling together, all the families from Nazareth. So my sister, cousins, everybody was there. As we started to get things ready, James appeared, said to James, where's Jesus? I haven't seen him all day. Where is he? Can you go and find him? He said, well, I haven't seen him either. I thought he was with you. Let me go and see if I can find him. Well, he was back within a few minutes and saying that no one had seen Jesus. But I didn't really worry at that point because, well, kids don't really look that hard, do they? So I thought, I will go round, ask every family, and see if I can find Jesus. And I did that, but everybody kept saying the same thing. They hadn't seen him since that morning. I began to feel worried. What could have happened to Jesus? Where was he? 
Why wasn't he with us? When I ran back to Joseph, my husband, he could see on my face that I was really worried. And he said, okay, let's, let's, let's give the children to your sister to look after. And let's just retrace our steps. We'll start walking back towards Jerusalem. You know how friendly Jesus is, how he loves people and he's curious. He's probably sitting by the wellside somewhere just talking to someone. We'll find him soon. We started to walk back towards Jerusalem. I felt so worried because he, he was my oldest son. What could have happened to him? Joseph was a good, faithful man. And, you know, we'd been through a lot together. Even before Jesus had been born, we'd seen angels and God had spoken to us about the purpose he had for Jesus. And so we were used to praying together and seeking God together. And as we walked, we tried to encourage each other. We tried to remember the promises that we had about Jesus. I remembered the first time that we'd gone to Jerusalem together. We'd gone to the temple to give thanks for the birth of Jesus, a bit like some of you have done this morning. We came to offer a sacrifice and to pray for our new baby. As we walked into the temple, an old man, Simeon, came up towards us His eyes were gleaming when he saw Jesus and he took him in his arms and he started to pray for our little baby. And he said, this boy, he will bring salvation to our nation, Israel. And what's more, he will be a light to the Gentiles, to all people. And then he said something that was a bit more puzzling. He said, he will cause the rise and the fall of many in Israel. And then he looked at me really seriously and he said, and a sword will pierce your soul also. I didn't like that. That raised questions. I mean, what was that about? How could I get hurt or feel pain because of Jesus? Surely he was going to save us. He was going to make everything all right. So we tried to remind ourselves of those promises as we walked. But Jesus was nowhere to be found. We arrived at Jerusalem really late, and we went and stayed at my uncle's house, hoping that Jesus would be there, but he wasn't. Next morning, we were up with the birds and out looking through the whole of Jerusalem for Jesus. It's probably hard for you to imagine what Jerusalem was like in those days. There were lots of narrow streets and little alleyways where a boy could hide. There was a bustling marketplace. I mean, there you could buy any kind of fruit and vegetable you could imagine. Not like back home in Nazareth where it's only small. And of course, there's the temple. The temple is bigger and more beautiful than you could ever imagine. It has great big thick walls that are high, made out of beautiful cut stone. And when you walk through the the massive 
courtyards. There are walkways on either side that are covered and have pillars. And there are archways. And under those areas, uh, teachers of the law, the wise, the great, would meet. And people would sit at their feet, men. And they would open the scrolls, open the word of God. And people would come with their questions and they would learn truth and the teachers would dispute and discuss and argue the word of God. Jesus had been fascinated by that. He'd sort of hung around them, but no one had invited him into the group because he was a boy and he was a country boy. We were just country folk. During the Passover... The temple is crowded with people. Everybody throngs into the courtyards. And there's money changers there because you have to swap your local currency for temple coins so that you can buy your sacrifice for the festival. And on the big day of the festival, a Passover lamb is sacrificed. It reminded us of God's deliverance of us hundreds of years before as a people from slavery in Egypt and how God had saved us and rescued us and how he was faithful to all his promises. And at that point when the lamb was sacrificed, trumpets would blow and the priests would be in their robes and the word of God would be read, all the stories of God's faithfulness. And oh, we would sing the Psalms and lift up our hearts in worship. It was an amazing place. So I sort of knew that Jesus would probably go back to the temple if he was in Jerusalem, but we couldn't find him anywhere. We searched every corner. When we went back that night, we were like, where is he? Where are we going to find him? How long can we stay in Jerusalem searching for him? It was on the third day that we went back to the temple again. We searched again everywhere that we had already looked. And there was a group of men in the corner under one of the porticos. And I just caught out of the corner of my eye, Jesus' brown curly hair. It was him. He was over there. And what was amazing was that everybody was listening to him as he talked. Of course, I ran over there and I was like, Jesus, where have you been? Don't you know that we've been frantic with worry? We've been searching everywhere for you. All the men, all their eyes turned to me. It was a, a, a bit embarrassing. But Jesus got up and he came towards us and he said, Mom, don't, didn't you realize I would be here? Didn't you know I must be here in my father's house? I must learn about my father. I must read his word. I must find out about all that he does. Well, at that point, my relief turned to anger. I mean, what was, what was he saying? His father was Joseph, who just trudged around Jerusalem for three days. His father was Joseph, who was teaching him to be a carpenter. 
What was he talking about? Come on, we, we need to go, we need to go. As Jesus gathered his things together, it was interesting that these great men, these teachers of the law, they looked at him really warmly and they, they were like saying, you know, well done, you ask great questions, keep reading the scriptures, don't forget Isaiah. You know, and they, they were like commending him and saying, come back again. And it was like they respected him and they said to us, you must be really proud of your boy, he's wise before his years. As we walked back along the road to Nazareth, there were some awkward silences. Do you ever have them in your family? I was still feeling angry. Joseph was hurt. Jesus was puzzled. But eventually it thawed out. And Jesus began to tell us about some of the things that he'd learned from those wise men and how he'd read the scrolls and found out in, a, in Isaiah that the Messiah must suffer so that he can save his people. He was just full of all that he had learned. When we got back to Nazareth, life returned as normal. Jesus was helping Joseph. He was learning to be a carpenter. Everybody else in Nazareth just thought Jesus was just an ordinary boy. No one thought he was special. But I knew something had changed. It was a transition. And you know, as parents, that's hard when something changes and your child begins to grow up. It was quite a few years before Jesus started his ministry, started and preaching and teaching for himself. And he would gather massive crowds and people would be astonished at his teaching, his authority. But I wasn't surprised because I knew for years he had been preparing and praying and studying the word of God. He would use questions to draw people in. He would tell little stories, parables that got people thinking and got them asking about what is the kingdom of God? Who is Jesus? What is this all about? And he, he would gather a group of disciples and they would question him and he would take every question and bring truth. He would say, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. And he started to go up to the Passover as normal during that season. But the atmosphere had changed there because the teachers of the law, they saw him as a rival, as a threat. I mean, Jesus himself taught in the temple. On one day, he even overturned the tables of the money changers. And the leaders didn't like that. They started to plot to get rid of him. They started to ask him difficult, cynical questions to try and trip him up and catch him out. So when he went up to the temple, I dreaded it because I knew that trouble was brewing. I wasn't surprised then one night, very late, on the Passover, there was a knock at our door and one of the disciples came in and, and said, they've taken him. 
the chief priests, the teachers, they've, they've taken him. They've got some false witnesses and they, they, they've got a trial together and they're, they're out to kill him. Those were the worst three days in my life. Far worse than when we lost him when he was a boy. They handed him over to Herod. And then he handed him over to the Romans, our oppressors. They beat him. They crucified him. It was ugly and brutal and horrible. My son suffering like that. And the questions were there in my heart because I was like, he's meant to save us. How can he be a light for the world if he's snuffed out like this? It was dark and horrible. We buried him. But the story didn't end there. Because on the third day, he came back to life. His father God raised him up to life. I mean real life. He wasn't like a ghost or anything weird like that. He was real. We sat down and we ate with him. And he explained to us bit by bit, story by story, what the scriptures said about him, how he had to suffer and die. That he had to take on himself our punishment so that we could go free, so that our wrongdoings could be forgiven. That was the salvation he came to bring for us. And you know what? People did believe. People believed it was true. People began to see him not as Mary's and Joseph's son, but as the son of God who died and suffered and was risen again to save us. It was amazing. Well, I hope that made you think about a story, one story from the Bible. I'm sure it will have raised questions for you. Who was Jesus? I mean, how could he be man and God? So I want to read to you the passage from Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 2, that that story is taken from. I added in a little bit of imagination, but it was true. You know, these stories in the Bible happened to real people. There were real emotions So as I read this story, I want you to think about the questions it raises for you. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, The boy Jesus stayed in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. 
Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they, after th- they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I'd like to tell you that this story is saying, the lesson is saying that your children shouldn't run off and hide or that as parents you should demand obedience. But actually it's more about how can we as a community help our children grow to love Jesus? How can we give them a safe place to ask questions and discover truth and grow and find faith for themselves? It's about the questions we have in our own hearts about who Jesus is and why he had to die and what difference does that make to my life. It raises questions about how we should be seeking for truth and finding truth in Jesus. Here in Kings, we do have some answers to these questions. And I'd like to just share them with you. You know, we try and provide uh, great, fun, true children's work for our children, right from when they're tiny tots out in the back to King's kids through there and youth work upstairs. And I just want to encourage you, if you're a parent here today, bring your children along, help them to get involved. If they're a young person over 11, get them down to youth on a Friday night or sign them up for New Day. Uh, That's a bit like our version of the Passover festival. They go out to Norfolk and camp and experience God as young people. And if you're an adult here today and you've got questions and... Most of us have questions about why did Jesus have to die? How can he be fully God and fully man? Are the stories we read in the Bible true? Then why not consider Alpha? It's a great place to have your questions answered. It's friendly. It's informal. You can relax and say things how you think they are. And you will discover truth. Why not go and find out more about Alpha at the end of this meeting? But maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you've been around church for years. I want to just challenge you. Are you still digging into the Bible? Are you still learning more truth? Are you still knocking on the door and trying to find out more about God? 
You know, groups are a great place to do that, where you can sit with other believers and you can open the Bible and you can discuss and pray together and ask your questions. If you're not in a group, don't leave it another week. Sign up today for a group. Find your circle where you can have your questions answered and you can find faith in Jesus. Let me just pray. Lord God, I thank you that the stories in your word are true and they are real. They happen to real people. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that from an early age, you were hungry to be in your father's house, to read your word, to ask questions, to discover truth. And Lord, we want to be like that. We want to find out more about you and our faith. We want to grow in faith. We want to have a passion for your house. And Lord, we want our children to grow up to love you. We want them to be safe, to ask all the questions they want and discover you for themselves. So help us as a family, as a community, to keep seeking after you. I pray. Amen. Amen.